Alex stared out his window at where the glimmer of the streetlights blanketed the sidewalks and roads in an orange hue. 4 a.m. He had been awake for almost an hour and he couldn't get back to sleep. Nights were the worst time for him now, especially after the vision, which came back to him every time he closed his eyes. A month had passed since the funeral of General Ranjit Singh. The guilt of his loss was almost too much for Alex to bear. John also shared this grief. He never expressed it to his nephew, but Alex knew that it was there. And in that one month, his uncle used it as a fuel for work, to get things done for the good of all. John didn't sleep anymore. He was constantly at his office or at the moon, where a large weapon was being constructed. The rebels were not told of its contents, nor was Alex for that matter. Only the generals and scientists knew of it for the time being. It irritated Nicholas to be kept in the dark, but John assured him that it was nothing personal. How personal could you get? Nicholas had scoffed at Alex last morning over a cup of coffee, as if the latter were the one who had made the decision. You know who's behind it, don't you? Alex had asked, immune to Nick's aggression. Gerard. For the time being, Alex tried not to think too much about John's dictatorship, which in his uncle's words was completely necessary for the survival of the human race. Bullshit. It was a load of lies, but Alex thought it best not to speak out his feelings. He was disappointed in his uncle for the sudden and drastic change and for the lack of democracy in the system. When he was told of Gerard's actions, which were a catalyst to the change, he wanted to say that John was no better, but he chose not to. Instead, he channeled his anger towards the Hamid family. He'd blame them for everything that turned out wrong. But most of the time, Alex was quiet and distracted and thought constantly of Angel. Angel. He sighed as he sat up on his bed. Shaking his head slowly, he took a frame from the side table and beamed at Angel's face. Her innocent eyes gleamed in the light, and her smile was flawless. Feigned innocence, he suddenly thought. His face contorted from sadness to anger to hate. He despised her now, but as he thought of the last time he saw her on the balcony, he felt terrible remorse. She hadn't aborted the child yet, but he was sure she would. She had said there was more to it as to why she wanted an abortion, but she never explained herself. Why did she always have to be so mysterious? Why couldn't she just give him a straight answer? Things changed in the last month. Alex never seemed to have time. He constantly trained with weapons, tried to grasp the fundamentals of mind-reading and shielding, and, to his discomfort, learned the history of his race. It was ironic, he reflected with a bitter smile. He was immortal, theoretically, and yet he didn't have enough time. Recently, there were so many things he would have liked to have done, like speak to his comatose grandmother through his meditations, or open the discs his father had left for him. Because of his busy schedule, these things were left for another day, a day that seemed like it would never arrive. Nicholas and the other rebels were strict when it came to time and scheduling. He believed it made Alex much more disciplined. Alex practiced for four hours every day on the physical aspects of the training, every hour alternating between four rebels. So every three days, Alex faced all the rebels and then the cycle would start again. This morning, he guessed looking at the calendar would be Nicholas's turn. Normally, he looked forward to sparring, but not today. He was much more concerned about getting in contact with Grandma Howe. He lay on his bed and watched the clock. Quarter past four. He wanted to talk to Angel. He needed to talk to someone, and so he tried to talk to Grandma, but he couldn't get the right frequency. His thoughts wandered around like a lone ghost. Maybe he'd go to the inner chamber, he thought, and silently flopped out of bed. John was beyond the ordinary feeling of tiredness. He was utterly exhausted, but still he worked hard. A multitude of things drove him on, like his mother's coma, the death of his good friend General Singh, and Alex's sudden mood swings. 
His ulcer played up constantly, and so he had had to double his medication. Ah, but he didn't have time to ponder all this or anything else unrelated to the job at hand, the Prometheus Project. It was what he had been planning all these years. He believed it would spell the end of all vampires, just as it was written in the Artemic Prophecies. With the launch pad set up on the moon, John had to travel to and fro, spending many days there. Now that the initial tests, layouts, and base for the launch pad were being finalized, John had spent an entire two weeks away from the Regnum and from Alex. His secretary, Mrs. Kendall, came in with his hourly coffee. He felt guilty that the poor woman, who could have been enjoying a much-needed rest, was up and awake at this time to serve him and assist him in his plans. John looked at her as warmly as he could manage with his puffy and bloodshot eyes. Thank you, Mrs. Kendall. She smiled, and he wondered for a moment whether he should say it or not. You may leave for the night, rather the morning. She lowered her head slightly and left. Thank you, Leader Howe. It puzzled him as to why everyone...